fait, j'ai voulu te, te téléphoner pour te, te demander allô quelque chose quoi Welcome to Arts Week. I'm your host, Candy Hammond, and today I'm excited to be talking about the next offering from Wellfleet Harbor Actor Theater, The Complete Works of William Shakespeare, Abridged, with director R.J. Tolan and uh, what creating artistic director Christopher Ostrom, and it opens on June 30th. But first, I want to let you know that my Arts Week counterpart, Jeanette de Beauvoir, has a new book out, The Fine Art of Deception, the ninth installment of the Sydney Riley Mystery Series, and she will be at the Crown and Anchor Library at six this evening in conversation with A.C. Birch, whose new book, The Distance Between Us, will also be being discussed. If you can't make it, be sure to buy her book locally or order it online. I can't wait to read it. Harbor Stage is currently staging Bread and Butter, a wonderful screwball comedy, and it's running through July 8th. Get tickets at harborstage.org. The Wellfleet Beachcomber has DJ Emerson James every Tuesday from 9 to 1, and Boston Naturals this Saturday, and Pink Talking Fish coming this Sunday and Monday. Get tickets at thebeachcomber.com. And lastly, Cape Rep, in Brewster has The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane in their outdoor theater, and indoors they have A Man of No Importance opening July 6th, and you can get tickets at caperep.org. Okay, well, thank you guys for coming in and talking to me today. I know you're in the thick of it <laughs> because you have previews and you're opening Friday and uh, so RJ, I, you know, it's funny when I, I love the title of this play, I mean, because and I love the abridged in parentheses, because, you know, I'd need to bring like snacks and jammies if it wasn't abridged. <laughs> it would take this. kind of a long time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what can you tell us about this play? Uh, the Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged <laughs> is a show that started uh, in the 80s had three creators who were um, performers, I believe at a Ren Fair in California um, and mm. put together a, a shortened version of Hamlet that they would do sort of uh, traveling, traveling player style. Um, mm. And then they expanded it to include all the other plays. And I say, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put Air quotes. Fingers. <laughs> I yeah. can I can around, say this for uh, <laughs> the audience. Air quotes. Okay. Yeah. So air quotes around including the other plays because the, <laughs> the part of part of the joy of the show is how they work in references to to every single play. It's uh, su suffice to say it is not the full script of every play. <laughs> it's uh, the comic contortions that go into getting a uh, getting everything referenced is 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 part of the fun of the thing. Mm -hmm. No, um, it's. It sounds, it's just so incredible. And it's only, it's like, I remember I was reading in, you know, um, on the website, it's a hundred minutes. And somehow you, they, you managed to cram in 37, references to 37 Shakespeare plays. <laughs> yeah. And three, minutes. three performers doing That's know, what hundreds of, crazy. hundreds of characters. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't imagine. I mean, it's like, Chris, you know, what made you want to choose this for this season? Oh my goodness. Well, it's a lot of fun. 
I think first and foremost, we think of Shakespeare as being this, this cornerstone of Western civilization. We think of it as this elevated form of performance. <laughs> and this show knocks all of that down and, and reminds us of really how much fun Shakespeare's plays can be and how they were meant to be performance for everyone. They weren't meant to be this elevated experience. And so we, we, rip, we rip all that away and we get back to just the sheer fun of being together and, and laughing through the antics of these three actors desperately trying to cover all of the material in these 37 plays, you know, before a, another act has to take the stage and kicks them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and I imagine because I am one of those people, despite being an avid theater goer, a reader, a writer, all of that, I still and I don't think I'm alone in finding Shakespeare kind of intimidating. And I don't always understand the language and I find I get a little lost. And so do you think, and RJ, I can ask you this, do you think this makes Shakespeare a little more approachable and digestible for average people? I do for sure. And the, you know, the, the, the thing that I love about it, there was a, I, I, was I studied in London for a while in in college. It was actually when I first saw this production in 1991 in wow. uh, a, a random small town in Ireland when the original troupe <laughs> were touring it all around Europe. Wow. Um, and I had ended up in this in Sligo, Ireland, for a night and happened <laughs> to see this show that I had that I had heard about uh, existing. And it's just it's the fun of a couple people making a big event out of what they've got. And, and when you think about it, that's what, that's what Shakespeare and the troupe that he was working with uh, did. They were, as part of that trip to London, we were in the, the, the inns of court in central London, which is sort of the, the big court system. And it goes back centuries and there's sort of a big hall there. And at the end of the hall is a raised platform with a sort of gallery above. And the tour guide said that was where the first production of Twelfth Night ever happened. That was where they had debuted. But it's it's the fanciest dining (laughs) hall cafeteria in the world. But it's the cafeteria. It was the cafeteria for the lawyers that had an elevated end. And they brought in the Lord Chamberlain's men and they grabbed this stage and and made a play happen. So Shakespeare was working in this very rough and ready, you know, throw something together and put it up in front of an audience that was demanding entertainment. So that was the roots of it. Um, and and this show lets us sort of like, again, yeah, there's there's plenty of Shakespearean language in it. You do not need to be fluent in Shakespearean language to, uh, <laughs> to, to enjoy it. Um, but it does also have moments where it uh, where it lets us sit a little bit with it and go, oh, yeah, that's that's. Boy, there's a reason we're still talking about uh, these plays mm. 400 years later. What's really amazing, though, is like my first thought was like, God, what an incredible full circle you know, you know, moment for you to all of these years later to be, you know, directing this play. It's true. Well it fleet. was really <laughs> in Wellfleet. In Wellfleet. Um, yeah. Uh, other other side of the Atlantic. Um, the yeah, the it it. I mean, I was. I was years old when I saw it. Uh, in, you, in, you were only I, ten when you saw it. I was, I was, I was four. It's amazing they let me travel alone. Um, but uh, yeah, it 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 was a real lesson in 
what you could do with just theatrical invention. I mean, it is mm -hmm. a play that runs on energy and and chutzpah and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and creates real delight for the audience. I, I realized when I revisited the script that there were a dozen jokes and moments and bits that I remembered 32 mm. years later. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember exactly how they performed that moment. So it's got oh these just beautifully built sort of indelible comic moments, <clears throat> but it's also got lots of room for us to reinvent and for the three extremely talented actors that I'm lucky enough to work with on this uh, mm -hmm. to, you know, improvise new ways of getting into things and keep it live and fresh every night. And yeah, so it should be, should be a treat. Yeah, no, and and I imagine it, you know, because um, you come from New York, you know, and you've been coming several summers, how many summers in a row now? This is four, this is four, um, not quite in a row, but yeah, four not, since okay. 2018. Okay, yeah. that's true. We kind of, you know, there was a Missed a couple, there. The, the world, yes, the world did, yeah. <laughs> But I imagine, you know, for you to decamp from New York to the Cape and you've got a family and everything, it, it must take something really special for you to want to to do that. So it it does being on the being on the outer cape uh, uh smooths the transition. It's just so uh gorgeous and we've been so uh uh what host us so graciously here and mm -hmm. and I always gripe that my you know my family get to just have a Cape vacation and I'm like, well, okay, have a great time. I'll be in rehearsal. I'll see you. I'll see you tonight. So yeah, I feel like they've gotten maybe the cushier end of the deal, but uh, yeah. it's, it's been a delight and we love, we love being here and love working with this theater and love uh, doing things for this audience. It's just been, yeah. yeah, a true, a true pleasure. Yeah. Well, it must be nice for you, Chris, too, to have someone like RJ, you know, that, I mean, you, I mean, you get such great talent anyway, but there's a reason I suspect that you keep asking him back. So. Absolutely. <laughs> I think, you know, the, the beauty of when you you work with people over and over again, and when you develop that shorthand that mm -hmm. makes communication so easy and so meaningful. And I knew with, with this piece, it's a very well-known piece. I mean, it's been staged around the world for over 30 years, and it, it, it's an audience pleaser everywhere. But I knew that in this time, we needed just the right sensibility to mm -hmm. make it resonate with the audience in this moment. And I think, you know, as a society, especially as theater makers, we, we, we look at kind of decolonizing Shakespeare and making Shakespeare accessible in ways that it has not historically been. Mm -hmm. And we also know that some of the, some of the references in this were, were a little dated and weren't quite fresh. And the, the great thing is the writers recently did a revision which oh, nice. really freshened up the comedy. And, you know, RJ was able to kind of embrace that and embrace those slightly rough edges and um, really keep it fresh and in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that when you said that, yeah, there, things have changed a lot since the 80s, haven't they? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, we really realized there's even just a whole, there's sort of a way of constructing jokes and there's a, there's mm -hmm. a math of sort of what goes into the comedy and how the comedy operates that really that the creators did a huge revamp of uh, really yeah that chris was talking about in this rewrite um and that we've continued in working with the cast of just sort of looking at great there's a laugh here what's the spirit of that laugh is that mm. spirit inviting is that something that creates delight for people 
you know, mm-hmm. and sort of getting the 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 most of the teasing and the sort of like pointing at things out of it and making it more sort of having your arms open to things. That's mm-hmm. been an important part of this of this process. So I imagine, you know, since there are only three actors and there's clearly a lot of heavy lifting for each of them to do. <laughs> um, maybe could you talk a little bit about the the cast? The, uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Lacey Allen uh, is is the first of them. I've been <laughs> lucky enough to. Oh, she's work one of my favorites. On, yeah. yeah, she's a delight, and and uh, I've, all four shows that I've done at what uh, have been able to have Lacey in them. There's been a part, Amazing. and she's been available and uh, <laughs> been great. So going back to five times in one night, which again, it's a similar sort of feat. Five times in one night was five short plays with just a cast of two actors, sort of doing. That was- I have to say that was one of my all-time favorites. I came to see that twice. I loved nice. that so much. It was yeah. so, so good. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. this has got a very similar spirit, right? There's some substance. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of laughs. It's uh, it's also just watching the feat of performance that it is for, you know, mm-hmm. for folks to take on such a broad range of stuff. Um, Lacey's an incredibly talented uh, dramatic actor and hugely funny comic actor. So it's been, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a treat to work with her uh, all, all these years. Um, and Steve Stout and Madeline Bundy are actors that I've known in New York for a very, a very long time. They're super active mm-hmm. in uh, the downtown theater in both the, the serious and dramatic side and also the comic side. They were both uh, original members of the cast of Puffs um, which is a Harry Potter parody that played oh, okay. uh, for years and years off Broadway. It's a, <laughs> it's just a delightful comedy that is very much in the spirit of sort of what we're doing here. It's a cast of ten doing a huge cast mm-hmm. uh, set in the Harry Potter world, but it all takes place in Hufflepuff House as they're sort of just fighting to not come in fourth in the House Cup. Uh, for the first time in the history of Hogwarts. So it's a very, it's a fun, smart uh, parody that requires people to do multiple parts. And I, having last seen Stephen Maddie and that, I was, I was super so familiar yeah, so with their comic So they're perfect for this. Yeah, yeah. They're exactly, yeah. And they're just, a, they're just a wonderful, a wonderful duo. And they knew uh, Lacey and everybody had worked together before. So yeah, we were really able to hit the ground running, sort of mm-hmm. putting, putting together some wild comic moments. Yeah, because I imagine, I mean, it's, it's got to be a lot of dialogue if there's three people playing. I mean, on average, how many roles does each actor have? Well, it's got to be over 20 apiece, probably 25. There's wow. a there's a chart on the wall that uh, state <laughs> manager Katie Graves put together of who's playing what in which scene. And it's just, wow. yeah, it looks like modern art. It's just an amazing sort of bar graph. <laughs> Of who's, of who's what at any given point. I can't imagine how exhausted their brains are. And, uh, if anybody is just tuning in, I want them to know that um, we're talking about the complete works of William Shakespeare, Abridged, which is opening this Friday at Wellfleet Harbor Actors Theater. And we're speaking with director R.J. Tolan and um, creative artistic director at um, at what Christ Oster- Christopher Ostrom and anyway so I yeah so I can't imagine you know you've been having tech and everything is it how is it going well it's like it's a- going 
going well. We had our first uh, full run through last night in the space, and yeah, we're we're. I, I told the actors we're we're not there, but I can see it from here. So we're, <laughs> we're we're really looking forward to having our first preview tonight in an audience because the audience is really sort of the fourth character in this. There's so much back and forth. There's so much, so many. So many laughs, so many uh, chances for the audience to sort of be a part of it. That yeah, it's it's felt a little like a like a table with only three legs while we've been putting it together. <laughs> we, we can't wait to get people in there seeing it. <laughs> now, Chris, I know sometimes you know of late you've been involved with lighting and sets and things like that. Are you involved in this production? I or? am. But I, I did design the set for this. Okay. And um, you know, it's a play that doesn't require much mm -hmm. in, in, in its its environment. In fact, the, the whole kind of conceit of the show is that this troupe of actors show up and they're going to present their complete works of William Shakespeare performance, but they're being rushed through that performance because there's another act waiting to go on later in the evening. And what's wonderful about that is, is this play could take place anywhere. And I think mm. you know, we start, RJ and I started talking about the whole, the mystique of the backstage world and the, the beautiful detritus that that accumulates in old theaters and wanting to tap into that kind of that visual imagery. But at one point he mentioned, you know, a very famous quote from director Peter Brook about, well, if you put a plank, if actor stands on a plank, that's a stage. Hmm. And you know, Peter Brook wrote this incredible book um, called The Empty Space, which basically proposes theater happens anywhere that an actor opens their mouth and tells a story. and He's also well known for um, these productions of Shakespeare set in kind of this all white dreamy world. And so we kind of found a, a happy kind of merge of these ideas of honoring this kind of Peter Brook-esque aesthetic, which I think is very much grounded in this piece. Um, and that this beautiful kind of backstage world and kind of reimagined where this play could take place. I don't want to give too much away, but it certainly honors this sense of, of performance could happen anywhere. Hmm, there's a lot that. of that baked into the history of the piece that these guys work sort of street buskers who who created this and then it came, kind of formed and, and developed its current form you know as part of a ren fair and they still you know they toured it for years around the u.s and around hmm. the uk and around the world so there is this sense that the magic of this play the the, the the theater magic of this play could happen anywhere it could happen in a park it could happen in a warehouse it could happen on a stage Mm, that is really yeah cool. we literally if if somebody told us that this production had to happen down on the pier in wellfleet tomorrow afternoon we could do it <laughs> at at very little you know we'd we'd lose a couple of the lighting you know we'd lose the lighting effects but uh, uh -huh. yeah the spirit of it would be there and i'm i'm so thrilled to be working with chris as a designer on this he's done uh, three of the four sets for the for the shows that I've that I've done out here and what what Chris does so brilliantly because he knows the space so well it's such a wonderful theater space um, it's got such scope and, and yes. size and sort of feeling of grandeur but then Chris is great at bringing that down and sort of framing the human scale of what's happening on the stage and I think uh, I think that's what he's done a really wonderful job of mm -hmm. no and I imagine I mean this you know, describing like the actors that, you know, that you're very familiar with and Chris and everything. And this is like, kind of like a repertory theater where you guys are like, you know, all, you know, just a traveling 
<laughs> a traveling show, but in the same place. <laughs> I think part yeah. of the spirit of comedy is you have to have a tremendous amount of trust. Yeah. And I think the beauty of this team and this cast is that there is a lot of trust that mm-hmm. we we support each other. We hold each other up in creating ideas. We support the wackiest of ideas. Um, this, you know, the, the props in costumes in this show is, is an endless parade of objects across the stage. And it really takes a lot of trust on the team to know when things are just right. How much of a gesture do we need to make to honor the comedy? And when have we gone too far? And I think that's mm-hmm. the beauty of having that degree of trust is those conversations become very easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Candy, what you're saying about sort of the repertory company, I feel like that's like talking about the audience as sort of a fourth cast member. I I I, I feel that about the about the what audience now this being mm-hmm. the fourth show that I've that I've gotten to steward, you know, sort of and put in in front of them. There's sort of a feeling of, you know, uh, hopefully a growing feeling of understanding of what what delights people, right? Like what mm. what do people want when when you've you've had a day on the cape and you've decided okay <laughs> what i'm going to do is go you know go see a show and go sit in a theater of sort of what mm-hmm. what makes what kind of engagement makes that worth your while right yeah, and the yeah. the touchstone for this production has been you know i've, I've sort of said in in uh, uh ted lasso he's got the believe sign on the, right on the wall and sort of our believe sign uh for this production is surprise and delight it's just oh, this is i, I love yeah. that yeah, so that's that's yeah. hopefully what we're what we're bringing to the crowd. <clears throat> no, it sounds kind, you know, very uplifting and kind of what we could all use <laughs> right about now. We all need a good laugh these days, and I think this, oh, is, this is this is laughs galore. So, now is this appropriate for younger theater goers as well? Like, what do you look at as the like the age? It is. This is this is PG thirteen at the at the most. There's a little. There's a little, uh, there's a body couple humor. expletives. Yeah, mm-hmm. a couple expletives, a little bit of body humor, but nothing, nothing that folks. Uh, Probably nothing, nothing the kids haven't heard TikTok. at home. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Or maybe I'm speaking for myself, things that my kids heard at home. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just because they keep spending summers on the Cape, but my kids swear like sailors. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I think it's good for them. <laughs> so, um, as we start to wind down in these last few minutes, Chris, I just want to quickly touch on um, what else is happening is what's what for kids going on or so what do you have going on? What for kids this year, we are working in partnership with a payment performing arts center. Mm-hmm. Their, both their circus camp and their circus performances are relocated to what this summer and will be taking That's place fun. here. That's and so fun. they have their original circus show called Roots um, which is a, a gr- kind of grounded in farming, uh, takes place here on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday evenings at six o'clock, starting mm-hmm. July 10th. And those tickets are available at the Payamet box office or at payamet.org. Okay. And if kids want to sign up for any of these programs, can they? Or yes, uh, I believe there's still space for the for the circus camp. Okay. Uh, and again, all that information is at payamet.org. Payamet. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and this we should let people know. It opens July. I mean, June thirtieth, and and it runs through what is it? July twenty. July 29th. Yeah, and they can get tickets at what 
org. And uh, so what I, I was talking to you both before we started recording, and maybe we only have a couple of minutes left, but does it feel good to be back, RJ? I mean, it's got it's been a rough few years for theater. It has. It, it has. It feels it feels so good to to be back. It's lovely to be on the Cape. It's lovely to be working with a with a with a theater company that's that's been so gracious and makes me feel at home. And and also that I just I I, I believe so thoroughly in their mission of doing you know, theater that, that, that challenges and fulfills mm -hmm. and uh, uplifts their, their audience. It's just, yeah, it's a great, it's a great place to be. We're lucky to have you come every, well, not, well, almost every summer. From now on, from now on every summer. Until your kids decide they, they, they don't like it here anymore and they want to yeah, do something else. Will, will not happen. <laughs> <laughs> No, and for you, Chris, I mean, must you know? I mean, it's been a lot of heavy lifting the last few years running a theater and oh, absolutely, COVID I mean, and it, everything, it's and absolutely unprecedented, you know, time in history, and especially for the performing arts, it's been. Yeah. been I, I would say it's been devastating across this country, and I, I talk to my peers often um, about you know their strategies for coming back because we are we've. The word pivot uh, occurs <laughs> awful often in our conversation still. And I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's certainly still a challenging time, mm -hmm. um, you know, not only recovering from the pandemic and the economic loss of that time. And, you know, I have to say we had extraordinary support of both state and federal support that helped us yes. uh, get through. But as that support dwindles, um, we, we still need to be looking to new and diverse revenue sources. Um, you know, we, we find... The way we create theater is very different now than it was in 2019, mm -hmm. uh, partially because of the pandemic, um, addressing issues of work-life balance, addressing mm -hmm. uh, issues of systemic racism and kind of the whiteness of theater and our, our creative process. And these are wonderful challenges to undertake, but they're all happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I think we're all growing and adjusting and learning to be creating in a much different environment than we were mm. four years ago. And I think it's all for the best. I think we are- I was gonna say, we're all maybe gonna come out the better for it. I think we are, I yeah. think we are. I mean, we, we, have, we will persevere. And I think that's yes. most important yes. to remember right now. Well, I for one cannot wait to see this. And um, I thank both of you so much for coming in and speaking to me today. And so just so people know, you can get tickets at what.org and go get them. Thank you, RJ. And thank, thank you, Chris. you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Kenny. And we'll see you next time on Arts Week. And we'll see you tomorrow. Au fait, j'ai voulu te téléphoner pour te demander allô quelque chose quoi.